Welcome to the number 10 podcast where we talk about the biggest moments in Major League Soccer and U.S. Soccer. I'm your host, Logan Agan. On today's episode, we're going to be covering the 10 biggest storylines of American soccer, which happen to be mainly the MLS Cup playoffs. But before we get into today's episode, I wanted to acknowledge the news that shook the soccer world earlier this week. Argentine legend Diego Maradona passed away after suffering a heart attack. Well, I never got the opportunity to watch him play, at least in person or or when he was playing. His impact transcended soccer and his legacy will be felt forever. In Major League Soccer, we're going to start by talking about the MLS Cup playoffs. The first match of round one of the MLS playoffs was between New York City FC and Orlando City SC. Please note that there were two play-in matches the night before, but we covered those games in our last episode, so if you didn't get a chance, be sure to check that out. This match was between the 4th seed and the 5th seed teams, with Orlando being the 4th and New York City being the 5th, and this was also Orlando City's first ever playoff appearance in their MLS history. In the 5th minute of the match, Nani converted a penalty for Orlando City after Anton Tinnerholm handballed a ball inside the box. Three minutes later, Maxime Cheneau headed home a corner kick from Jesus Medina to level things for NYCFC. Okay, now we're going to fast forward to the second half. In the 77th minute, Orlando City's Juan was booked for unsporting behavior when he elbowed Tinnerholm in the face. Ten minutes later, Juan was taken out by Gary Mackay Steven, and then he retaliated by kicking out at him. Juan was shown a straight red. But, while this was happening, Huan was rolling on the ground, being massaged by Nani, and he was eventually taken down the tunnel in a wheelchair. Regulation ended 1-1, and the match went into extra time. Not much happened in extra time, except that Orlando City goalkeeper Pedro Galese received a yellow card for time wasting. This will become important later. Now, the match then went into penalty kicks. Maxi Morales missed his first kick for NYCFC. After that, the next three, NYCFC, and the first four Orlando City kicks were all made, so the score was now 3-4. to four. Going into the fifth kicker, Valentin Castellanos had to finish his kick or else the match would end and Orlando City would win. His shot was blocked by Galese, and it looked like the match was over. And the Orlando City head coach, Oscar Pereja, ran down to the locker room to comfort Juan, who was in there crying. However, the save was called back because Galese stepped off his line too early. Not only did this mean that Castellanos would get a chance to retake the kick, but it also would mean that Galese would be carded according to the 2019-2020 IFAB rules, a rule that is such a change to be just a warning at the start of next season, like the rest of the world has moved to in August. And remember, Galese received a yellow card in the 103rd minute for time-wasting, so he would be sent off. So now, Orlando City lost their starting goalkeeper. One of their communications staff members had to run down the tunnel to get their head coach back on the field. And after some confusion, it was ruled that Brian Rowe, the backup goalkeeper for Orlando City could not sub on because you can't make subs during penalty kicks. Orlando needed a goalkeeper. 
Defender Rodrigo Schlegel, who had subbed on in the 101st minute, went up to head coach Oscar Pereja and said, Poppy, I can do that, and put on the keeper shirt and took the gloves and went into goal. Schlegel did not save the first shot that came against Castellanos. However, Orlando City could still win if Nani, the same player who scored the penalty kick in the fifth minute of the match, scored his penalty kick now. But this match couldn't end that easily. NYCFC goalkeeper Sean Johnson made a huge save to keep the shootout going. The shootout continued. During the seventh set of kicks, NYCFC's Goody, who had subbed on in the 114th minute, has had his penalty kick saved by the field player, gone goalkeeper Schlegel. After this save, Orlando City players stormed on the field and celebrated the victory, only that they hadn't won the match yet. The shootout was still tied at 5-5. After about a minute of confusion, it was concluded that Orlando City still needed one more goal to secure victory. At this point, Benji Michelle stepped up and scored his penalty kick to finally secure a victory for Orlando City, its first playoff victory in club history. After the match, Orlando City put Rodrigo Schlegel goalie jerseys up for sale on their website and sold out shortly thereafter. Additionally, MLS announced afterwards that the officiating crew who worked this match would not work any more matches for the remainder of this year's MLS Cup playoffs. Finally, as NYCFC moves into its offseason, the club will have the opportunity to bring on some new designated players to their roster to potentially make a run at the playoffs next year, something that they have failed to do since joining the league in 2015. Later that day, we saw Columbus Crew FC punch their ticket to the Eastern Conference semifinals when they beat the New York Red Bulls 3-2. Now, this was the first match for Red Bulls' new head coach, Gerhard Struber, who had finally got his visa and other paperwork in order prior to the match. He also had completed his quarantine period for this match. But despite the tight scoreline, Columbus dominated most of the game. The crew went down early when they failed to clear a ball in the first half against the run of play. The Red Bulls' Caden Clark cleaned up the misclearance and put them up by one. But minutes later, the crew's Pedro Santos was taken down in the box and was awarded a penalty kick, which Santos then finished to level the match. At the start of the second half, Darlington Nagby cleaned up a loose ball in the Red Bulls' box to put the crew up by one. Then, in the 68th minute, Derek Etienne Jr. crossed the ball to Jossie Zardes, who had an arcing header into the back of the net. The score was now 3-1. Brian White was able to pull one back for the Red Bulls in the 90th minute, but it wasn't enough. This offseason, the Red Bulls will enter it with a new coach, and they'll likely see a lot of changes coming into the 2021 season. The first Western Conference team then to advance past the first round was Sporting Kansas City. In the fourth minute, Kansas City swore their first goal when Roger Espinosa headed home a corner kick on a front post run. In the 22nd minute, Carlos Fierro leveled for San Jose when his shot ricocheted off of a Kansas City defender into the back of the net. The Quakes took the lead in the 34th minute when Shea Salinas finished a slotted ball back from Christian Espinosa. Early in the second half, Ilya Sanchez scored off of a corner kick to level things for Sporting Kansas City. The match remained 2-2 until we got to the waning moments of the second half. 
Chris Wondolowski, the most prolific goal scorer in MLS history, who had announced at the start of the season that this would be his last, was served a ball to the back post. He headed the ball towards the goal, but goalkeeper Tim Melia made a huge save to keep it level. Moments later, Sporting Kansas City got the ball, took it down the right side of the field. Kyrie Shelton played the ball to Gerso, who backheeled it to 17-year-old Gianluca Busio, who finished the ball into the back of the net. But the match didn't end there. That goal was scored in the first minute of four minutes of stoppage time. The celebration and time it took to restart the play added more time on the clock. In the seventh minute of added time, Wondolowski had his moment. He headed home across from Andy Rios from almost the same spot that he was denied just minutes earlier. The game would be set into stoppage time. During stoppage time, neither team could find the back of the net, so the match went to penalty kicks. And in penalty kicks, it was the Tim Melia show. He managed to save the first three kicks from San Jose with the Quakes keeper, JT Marchanowski, not, not managing to save any, helping SKC secure the victory. This was the first time that a goalkeeper had saved the first three kicks in a shootout. With the loss, the San Jose Earthquakes will enter the offseason with a lot of questions. It seems like Wondolowski wants to come back for another season, despite turning 38 in January. However, there are still questions on whether or not Matias Almeida will return for his third season coaching the Quakes. And even if these two people do return, they will need some help on the roster. This year they went through a time when they had multiple bad losses in a row and then turned around and had some big upsets. The next game we saw Minnesota United put up a dominant performance against the Colorado Rapids as they marched to a 3-0 victory. The Rapids couldn't finish their opportunities and went down 1-0 in the 22nd minute off a goal from Kevin Molino. A 54th minute goal from Robin Ludd and another goal from Molino in the 79th minute helped the Loons advance over the Rapids. The Rapids end their season here. They had a slow start and right when they gained momentum they had a series of games postponed due to a COVID outbreak in their roster. Yet they still managed to advance into the offseason. They will play Sporting Kansas City on Wednesday. This will be their fourth meeting of 2020. Kansas City leads the series with two wins and a loss from MLS's back. They also had a match between the two teams canceled a month ago due to COVID concerns. In the late game on Sunday, FC Dallas advanced past the Portland Timbers after the third longest penalty kick shootout in MLS history. The match was tied at zero until the 82nd minute when Jorge Viafania received a layoff from Diego Valeri to put Portland up by one goal. The 17-year-old Ricardo Pepe, who had subbed on in the 85th minute, leveled the match for FC Dallas. Pepe got a breakaway from a counterattack off of a Portland Timbers goal kick. He banged his shot off of the post and then followed up that into the back of the net. The match remained scoreless through extra time and went into penalty kicks. Both Dallas and Portland finished their first five kicks and then their next two. On the eighth kick, Via Shotfania's shot was saved by Dallas goalkeeper Jimmy Maurer, allowing Dallas to advance to the Western Conference semifinals. These upsets continued into Tuesday's first round games when Nashville SC defeated Toronto FC. 
Nashville is riding high on their momentum from the 3-0 victory against Inter-Miami during the playing games. Toronto, on the other hand, had not played since their loss against the Red Bulls on decision day. During regular time, Nashville had the better opportunities but could not find the game winner. This included three goals that were called back for offsides. And then this continued into extra time. Nashville found the game winner in the third minute of the second half of extra time. Hani Mukhtar broke free and got a shot off. Toronto goalkeeper Quentin Westberg got his hand on the ball to slow it down, but Daniel Rios came running to finish the ball into the back of the net. With this loss, Toronto will return home from their temporary home in Hartford, Connecticut. The offseason will likely see questions about the futures of players such as Michael Bradley, who will be turning 34 years old next summer and has suffered multiple injuries this year. With that goal, Nashville advances to the Western Conference semifinals against Columbus on Sunday. The two teams faced off in September where the crew won 2-0. However, in that match, Nashville only featured one of their designated players. And additionally, the team has improved its level of play since that match. One final note on the match, the crew have announced that multiple players on their first team roster have tested positive for COVID. And while this match is still set to happen, the crew will be without some of their players and potentially some of their key players. Following the Toronto-Nashville match, the New England Revolution upset Supporters' Shield winners Philadelphia Union. A set-piece goal from Adam Buxa put the Revs up by one in the 26th minute. Four minutes later, Tejon Buchanan doubled the lead for New England. The Union were unable to generate quality opportunities and ended their season with a loss. In the offseason, they're going to look to replace players like Brendan Aronson, who will be moving to RB Salzburg in January. Additionally, outside back, Kai Wagner has been linked with some clubs in Europe, so he might make moves as well. As for New England, they will play Orlando City on Sunday. The two teams have yet to meet this year. In the final match of the first round, the Seattle Sounders defeated LAFC 3-1. LAFC was without a number of its players, including Diego Rossi, who had tested positive for COVID while on international duty. In the 16th minute, Nico Ladero put the Sounders up by one. LAFC had the opportunity to equalize moments later when Nuhu committed a foul inside the box. Carlos Vela stepped up to take the penalty kick that was saved by Stefan Fry. Raul Rui Diaz doubled the lead for Seattle when he finished a corner kick in the 66th minute. Edward Atuesta pulled one back in the 77th when he finished a cross from Carlos Vela. But Jordan Morris put the nail in the coffin for LAFC when he scored three minutes later. In their third season, LAFC has yet to bring home a trophy despite their spending and hype around the team. In the offseason, they'll likely see some roster turnover as some of their young players such as Rossi and Brian Rodriguez, look to make moves abroad. As for the defending MLS Cup champs, they will host FC Dallas. The two teams have not faced this year, and their last meeting was in the MLS Cup playoffs last year when Seattle defeated FC Dallas in the first round 4-3. Internationally, the United States women's national team faced off against the Netherlands in a rematch of the World Cup final from 2019. This was their first match together since March. In the match, we saw nine of the 11 starters from that FIFA World Cup final. 
Kristen Press started in place of Alex Morgan, who subbed on at halftime. This was Morgan's first national team game back after giving birth to her daughter in the spring. Megan Rapinoe didn't feature in this camp amid COVID concerns. She was replaced in the starting 11 by Lynn Williams of the North Carolina Courage. Rose Lavelle got the first goal in the 41st minute when she made a long run down the right side of the field. Press slipped a ball into Lavelle and she took a few touches and put the ball on her left foot and ripped a long range shot from the top of the box into the far post. Lavelle had also scored in that World Cup final. In the 61st minute though, Lavelle was subbed off for Christy Mewis, who had earned her first cap since 2014. Nine minutes later, Mewis broke free and doubled the lead for the U.S. Women's National Team. Also notably, Sophie Smith and Jalen Howell made their U.S. Women's National Team debuts when they subbed on in the 75th and 89th minute, respectively. Smith officially became the first person born in the 2000s to represent the United States Women's National Team. This ends the United States Women's National Team's 2020 season, where despite not playing for nine months, they're still ranked number one in the world. In the year, they went 9-0, scored 31 goals, and only conceded one. Hopefully, we'll be able to see more action from the women's national team leading up to the 2021 Olympics. As for the men who are playing abroad, here's a quick update on some of them. Josh Sargent assisted the goal for Maximilian Egestein in Werder Bremen's 1-1 draw against league-leading Bayern Munich last week. Weston McKinney started and went 62 minutes in Juventus's 2-1 victory over Ferenc Veros. McKinney is the first American to start for an Italian team in the Champions League. Serginio Dest scored his first goal for Barcelona in their Champions League match against Dynamo Kiev. His 52nd minute goal was the first of Barcelona's four goals. Later in the match, Conrad De La Fuente subbed, subbed in, making Dest and Conrad the second American duo on the field together in a Champions League match ever. In the Wednesday Champions League match, Chris Richards started for Bayern Munich, the defending Champions League champions. With this appearance, the United States has had a record eight players appear in the UEFA Champions League this season. Zach Steffen, the backup goalkeeper for Manchester City, and Alex Mendez, a midfielder for Ajax, are the only two Americans who are eligible to make an appearance in the Champions League that have not yet. One final note on the Americans abroad, Christian Pulisic could make his return to action for Chelsea this weekend against Tottenham on Sunday. He was sidelined after suffering a hamstring injury a few weeks ago in warm-ups against Burnley. That is all for now. Thank you for joining me on the number 10 podcast. Look out for a few bonus episodes coming out next week. Please make sure you like, subscribe, rate, review, and share with your friends. Until next time.